Maximizing Christmas. That's the title of our series. Join us. Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse is next. Maximizing Christmas. That's the title of our series. Welcome to today's broadcast of Graceful Truth from Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We're looking at unity, worship, and goodwill, three key elements to maximizing Christmas as found in Psalm 122. Before we get to our program today, we want to spend a couple of minutes with Pastor Steve Converse looking at a couple of events coming up during the holiday season here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. Steve? Thanks, Andy. Well, there's only 13 more shopping days left until Christmas. I just wanted to make you aware that we will be having our Christmas Eve communion service at 6.30 p.m. this year here at Grace Bible Church, Redwood City. What a blessed way to honor the Christ this Christmas by spending an hour together singing carols, reading the Christmas story from the Gospels, celebrating the Lord's table, and fellowshipping one with another. That's Christmas Eve at 6.30 p.m., here at Grace Bible Church, Redwood City. We will also be having our Christmas Day service at 10 a.m. Well, today we find ourselves in the second half of our Maximizing Your Christmas series. We've been looking at three elements to maximize your Christmas this year. Last week, we looked at the first element, unity. We'll review just a little bit today and then pick up right where we left off and continue on with elements two and three. Well, let's get right into the message. You know, sometimes we think we know best about everything. Well, that's not the case. The writer of Hebrews said something in a similar way, in a similar twist. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, the writer of Hebrews says, Make every effort to live in peace with who? With all men. And be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. The first element of unity is so important that if you don't have unity among the brothers and sisters in Christ, there's the presence of unholiness. That's what that verse indicates. It says, live at peace with all men and be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. That's a pretty stark statement. There's something more important than being right all the time. There's something more important than winning every argument. King David said it this way in Psalm 133, verse 1. He said, how good and pleasant it is when brothers, and you can say sisters, live together in unity. And as you look at the text today in verses 3 and 4 of Psalm 122, it says, Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. See, God is pleased when his people get along. We can't all be right all the time. That's impossible. But you know what? We can live together in unity and we can accept the differences that we have with one another. And I pray that this holiday season, this Christmas season, as we embark upon the celebration of the King of Kings that brought the possibility of unity to us, that we look at our personal relationships, we look at our marriages, we look at our family, our friends. We look at the body of Christ. We look at Grace Bible Church. And we say, I'm going to do everything I can to maintain unity. See, this isn't something that we work at. The Bible says we already have unity. We have unity in Christ. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we have a bond with each other. 
And what we're called to do, Paul says it over and over again, is protect that bond of peace, that, that unity that exists between us. Because the enemy is going to be throwing all sorts of darts at us all the time, trying to break up the unity factor within the church. And sometimes, unfortunately, it's not that hard to do. But when we live by the Spirit and we're focused on the things of the Spirit, I think that God will control us in such a way that, that it will come almost naturally in the Spirit. So the first thing there is unity. Maybe you don't have unity in a family. Maybe you have issues with your kids or your wife or whatever. Seek to resolve it. Don't hold on to that stuff. It's not worth it. I mean, so many times, you know, you're holding on to a grudge or you're holding on to something, and you know what? The person you're holding that grudge against, it's not even in their mind. It's not even in their realm of experience to be thinking about you. And yet, it's keeping you up night after night after night, you know, It's not worth it. You just need to bring it to Christ and you need to say, God, heal this pain that I feel. Help me move on. Well, secondly, not only unity, but secondly, worship. It says there in verses 3 and 4 that it's built like a city, Jerusalem is, that is closely compacted together, that where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. Why do they do that? To praise the name of the Lord according to the statute given in Israel. You know, the... The the biggest prayer that I have for this church and for any church is that it becomes a true house of worship. That when you come here, you understand that you're coming here not just to, you know, fellowship with each other. That's good. That's okay. And you're not even just coming to hear the word of God proclaimed, to learn something from a sermon. I mean, that's a good reason to come. You're not coming just to get your spiritual battery charged up for another week out there in the the darkness of the world. That's a good reason, but I pray that that's not the only reason. I mean, hopefully you get all three of those things, but I, I pray that the best reason you understand for us coming together on Sunday morning is for worship. It's for worship. There's something very powerful waking up Sunday morning And saying, God, for the next couple hours, it's not about me. It's not about me. All the baggage that I brought with me today, you know what, I'm going to leave it at the door. Better, I'm going to leave it at the cross. Leave it in Christ's hands. And here with your people, I want to turn my eyes. I want to focus my thoughts in my heart toward you. And even if I don't do anything else right this week, I pray that this morning I can spend this time worshiping you. In the Bible, there's several words that are used for the word worship. But if if you're you're misunderstanding what worship is, here's a simple definition. Worship is to honor and adore the living God. It's honor and adoration that is directed to God and God alone. Not an individual, not a person, not a group of people. Two of the words that are used in the New Testament are particularly noteworthy, interesting. One literally means to kiss toward or to kiss the hand of, to bow down. It's the word for worship used to signify humble adoration. The second word in the original language suggests rendering honor or paying homage. And both terms really carry the idea of giving because worship is giving something to God. See, we we have it all backwards today. 
in the modern church. We think that the worship service is made up of the music. You've got to have a great band. You've got to have a catchy song. You've got to have a, a good little speaker that can get up there for 10, 15 minutes and, and energize everybody. And that's, boy, that's, that's a good worship service. Well, that's not necessarily true. They didn't have any of those things in the New Testament. Not one. So when we talk about worship, we're not talking about coming to a place and getting something. Strike that from your mind. We're talking coming to a place, a house of worship, and giving something to God. Unfortunately, modern day Christianity is all focused on getting. And God does, obviously, give to us abundantly, doesn't he? I mean, he's given us salvation. He's given us his Holy Spirit. He gives us daily grace to get through the grind of life. But we really need to focus on on worship in a way that we understand that it's giving to God. If you look over in John 14, one thing that we need to focus on when we understand what what true uh, worship is, is the idea that, that God has left us here for a purpose, and that purpose is to worship Him. Truly to worship Him. He doesn't want us to be so focused on this world that it distracts us from our true task of worshiping Him. Look at John 14, just the first couple of verses there. It says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then he says this, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you so. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come again and I'm going to receive you to myself. That where I am, you're going to be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. See, the one thing that God didn't want us to think is that he abandoned us. Here on this earth. Because that's not, that's not true. He left us with his Holy Spirit. He left us with his word. He wants us to know that he cares intensely for our relationship with him. And I think that it's, it's just an important point that when it comes to worshiping God, that we understand that it's not just about the music. It's not just about the message. It's not just about saying hi to each other and, and wondering how, how things are, are going. But it's, it's really about focusing on what are we going to give to God when we come to worship Him. We need to offer everything we can to our community outside these four walls to hopefully give them a picture of a loving, gracious God and to share with them the gospel. But the first and foremost thing that we have to understand is that we're a house of worship. That's what God has called us to be. So when we come together, let's focus on giving to God. And give them everything we have. And I'm not talking money. I'm talking your time, your talent, your treasure, everything. And it's especially crucial during Christmas season. Because we get so busy with other things, we get distracted. And pretty soon everything's crowding out our time of coming together. And worshiping in the house of the Lord. So many times, a lot of churches have, you know, they'll have Christmas cantatas and Christmas performances and everything. And... These churches work on these things almost year-round sometimes, good six months of the year. There's nothing wrong with those things. I mean, they're, they're a blessing to the, the community. They're a blessing to the church itself. 
But the one thing that I notice about those things is, is they take time. They take energy. They, they sap everybody who's involved basically of everything they have. And so many times when the performance is over and everything's done, so many times the people will sit back and say, well, good thing that's over. You know, not in a negative way necessarily, but it was just such a burden upon them. And so we need to kind of be reminded of that sometimes, even in a smaller church, because we can even gripe about coming out to a, a group meeting or a dinner or whatever. Ah, you know, it takes away from, well, you know, you need to check your heart's attitude. Are you focused on unity? Are you focused on really giving? Are you focused on worshiping? That's what we're called to do. Third thing, he says there, uh, it says in Luke, let me say this, chapter 2, verse 14, you hear this a lot around Christmas time. Glory to the highest, glory to God in the highest, and on peace, on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. The third thing that I want you to understand is that there's such a thing as having goodwill toward men. And why not have it within the body of Christ? Goodwill toward men. The, fri- the phrase really describes the coming of our Savior in this world. And it should describe our attitude toward others as well. Uh, in this psalm, David speaks about praying for the peace of Jerusalem. We read that earlier. In verses 8 and 9, he says, For the sake of my brothers and friends, I will say, Peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. Can you imagine what would happen to the local church if we really began to pray for peace for one another? If we really began to seek prosperity for one another? I mean, it's so important. I think of of my friend at the, the Christmas dinner, the Thanksgiving dinner, when he just, you know, he meant well, but he just caused so much problems. And yet he learned a lesson from that. He was willing to change what he was trying to do. And I remember that after that Christmas dinner, because he wasn't so overbearing with his faith, I guess I should say. I mean, his brother heard it all before. He wasn't so overbearing with his faith that we actually had a great talk afterwards. We sat in the living room and, and his brother even brought up the subject of church. And we talked about some of his disgruntled ideas about the church. And, and you know, we able had a, a little bit of ministry to his brother. Uh, family get-togethers among Christians sometimes can be very tense. Romans 12 18 says this, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, beloved, live at peace with everyone. Live at peace with everyone. Don't take that jab. Don't say that comment if it's not going to build that person up or encourage that person. Somehow restrain, ask God to restrain you from your critical spirit. And we all deal with this. I mean, this isn't something that we get under control. This is something that we we deal with on a continual basis. And my friend actually turned his whole attitude around and did the exact opposite of what he did at Thanksgiving. And we had such a better time with his family and with with his brother. And it all was based not on his brother's attitude. His brother came with the same attitude he had before. But it was the way his brother dealt with him, interacted with him. 
And I think we need to be reminded that sometimes we create the tension. We're not to be a source of tension. Well, at the end of that psalm there in verse 9, it says, For the sake of the house of the Lord, our God, I seek your prosperity. See, you do it for the, the sake of the unity, of the love, of the, the bond that we have with each other. We don't do it just because it's the right thing to do. It has to come from a heart an attitude that has changed. Celebrating Christmas can definitely be a high point in your life. Or it can be a low point. I'm perfectly aware that some of you have lost loved ones. And you know what? The holidays are just very intensely... They're a struggle. They're, they're, they're just a, uh, a difficult time. I understand that. But God doesn't want you to be alone. You may think that somehow that's helping you. It's not. He wants you to be with family, with friends. And I guarantee you that's what your loved one would want as well. So I want you to rejoice when you come to the house of the Lord. When you come and you are part of the community of faith here that we celebrate. I want you to rejoice whenever we have a time to get together. Don't look at it as a time. Ah, another church thing. I mean, we're very low key here. I mean, I don't know what some of you folks would do if we, if we were, were very high program oriented. Uh, you'd probably find another church. But anyway, you know, we're not that. We're not that at all. We try to do things with purpose and focused on building up the body of Christ. Um, but we want to rejoice when we gather together because we're committed to love one another. We're committed to live in unity. We're committed to worship God in a true sense, in a true way, in spirit and in truth, and seek peace in the prosperity not only in our community, from each other as well. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. And Lord, I just pray that this message, I know it was just kind of fundamental, just kind of base, but I I pray, Lord, that it would be a foundation upon which we could build this Christmas season upon. Lord, that if we would just honestly look at our own hearts first, Are we stressing unity within our own hearts? Father, have we sought that unity with you? That oneness is available through Christ. It was Christ who came and was born of a baby and lived 30-some years on on this earth and died a death, not because he was a criminal, but because he was a Savior. And he was willing to pay the price for our sin. And that offer is still there to all who would come and acknowledge Christ as their Lord and their King. That he would save them, that he would change their hearts. And Father, that we would also understand what it means to come and to worship you in spirit and truth. That it wouldn't be some sideshow, but it would be something that our hearts are focused on you. And Lord, even with the Christmas time coming up rapidly, Lord, I mean, the stores have been decorated before Halloween this year. It's hard to believe. But Lord, you can look at all the commercialization of Christmas and and just be so mad and so angry, you just lock yourself in your house. Or you know what? You could go out and you could look for ways to turn all those things into venues in which you could share Christ, the celebratory spirit that people have this time of year. I pray that we'd be faithful to share the gospel with them, that we'd point them to the true reason for the celebration of Christmas, and that being Christ, 
And Father, that we would seek goodwill toward others, that we wouldn't just be so concerned about ourselves that we simply don't care. And so, Lord, we pray that these things would be evident in our lives. And Father, that, that you would perform them through the Spirit of God. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, it is our prayer here at Graceful Truth that our time together here in this series, Maximizing Your Christmas, that you find real encouragement in Christ to live the life that he's called you to in all of its glory and in all of its joy, especially as we celebrate this joy to the world during this holiday season. It's our prayer here at Graceful Truth that God would reveal his grace to your hearts through the teaching of his word each week. We trust you're currently involved in a Bible teaching church in your area. If not, we'd love to have you come and visit us here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We meet each Sunday morning for our praise and worship service at 10 a.m. We offer nursery care and Sunday school classes for our children up to grade five. If you'd like to encourage us here at Graceful Truth, please give us a call. You can call us at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. Here's our phone number, 650-366-9923. Again, that's 650-366-9923. Another way you can contact us is to visit us at our website. We've got a lot of resource materials there as well and more information about who we are and what we believe. You can find us at gracefultruth.org. That's gracefultruth.org. And then, of course, as always, you're welcome to write to us, 2225 Euclid Avenue, Redwood City. The zip code is 94061. Again, that's 2225 Euclid Avenue, Redwood City. The zip code 94061. That also serves as our place of fellowship. If you'd like to join us for worship, again, service times are at 10 a.m. You can find directions on our website, gracefultruth.org, or by calling 650-366-9923. If you're using Google Maps or your TomTom, you can also log in 2225 Euclid Avenue here in Redwood City, and it'll take you right to us. Well, as we close out our time together today, Pastor Steve Converse returns with a few closing thoughts as well as some information about events taking place here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City during the Christmas season. Steve? Well, it's hard to believe that we're already entering into the Christmas season once again this year. As I've already stated in our first message of this Maximizing Your Christmas series, this time of the year is approached by many with anticipation and joy and even excitement. But many others approach this time of the year with a sense of fear, bouts of depression, and even dread. This time of the year is especially hard on those of us who may have lost loved ones in the past. You see, Christmas is all about family and friends spending time together, enjoying fellowship around a fire. And if you, if you don't have that family or friend around anymore to spend time with, well, it can be a rather difficult time. I want to encourage you to reach out to Christ during this time of the year. It is his holiday. It's referred to as Christmas. Why not focus on him, the Christ, the giver of life, the healer of hearts and hurts, the reconciler of broken relationships, the restorer of all that has been shattered. This time of the year, we celebrate God's gift to us of his one and only son, Jesus the Christ, to a lost and fallen, sin-stained world. 
And when we cry out to him from our broken hearts and our pain for his mercy and his grace, beloved, he hears us. He's willing to heal us and to forgive us, to transform us, to restore us into the proper relationship with God the Father. Won't you cry out to him today? Ask him to save you from your sin, to save you from your selfishness, to even save you from yourself. He'll answer that prayer when it comes from a sincere, humble heart. Well, I want to thank you for listening to Graceful Truth each week, and we trust that it's a blessing and an encouragement to your heart. We're praying that you and yours will have a very Christ-centered Christmas this year, and may you find forgiveness and comfort in his indescribable gift to us. Now, here's Andy to close out our program for today. Andy? Thank you, Steve. And again, friend, thank you for joining us here today on Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse. That phone number one more time, if you would like to contact us, is 650-366-9923. Or again, on the web, gracefultruth.org. And as always, we love letters of encouragement, questions, comments about the program. Take a moment, jot them down and send them off to us, won't you? 2225 Euclid Avenue, Redwood City, California. The zip code is 94061. And once again, that phone number is 650-366-9923. As always, it's a real thrill, pleasure, and delight spending time with you in God's Word. We look forward to it each and every week. And we trust we'll see you again next week at this same time as we take again another look at Psalm 122, Maximizing Your Christmas, here on Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse. Steve Converse.